Friday, and when it's Friday at 10 o'clock, it's time for Love Babs Love Talk. And guess who's in the studio with me today? Now, let me tell you the story about this whole Travis Pittman. So, he was supposed to be on my show like a month ago, and then I got into a car accident on my way to my show to have him as my guest. So, then we rescheduled. <laughs> we rescheduled the show, and guess what? He gets married on that day. As that he's down at City Hall, he call texts me and says, "You know, I'm running late. I'm getting married." And we were like, "What?" <laughs> so I did the show again by myself. So then, after he gets married, he comes into the show, but we're already like 20 minutes into pundits. But he comes in with his beautiful bride just to let me know that he had gotten married and he had brought salads and the whole thing. So finally, Happy New Year, my first guest of the new year. Hello. Hello. Now, I don't know Travis Pittman, really. We went to your restaurant. Um, we went to the Salad Palace um, last summer Yes. And uh, because Joe Ugly is a fan. And he was like, oh, we have to go there. We have to go eat there. And so we went there, and you were so nice to us, and we took over your whole restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> like me, Marquisha, Michelle, and, um, and Joe. So we took over your restaurant. So then I, we just said, you know what? He should be on the show because we want to hear about this. Okay, now Travis Pittman is like 6'6", tall. Like he's a baller. Like he should be a baller, right? But he's a salad guy and a smoothie guy. <laughs> All right, so tell me this story, Travis. Why are you in the salad game? Now, I know a little bit about this story, and it's compelling, but tell us, why are you in the salad business? I didn't know I was going to be in the salad business, <laughs> number one. It's crazy, you know, looking back at my past and seeing where I come from. Uh-huh. But um, in 2012, I was diagnosed with a rare form of nasal cancer. Okay. Nasal carcinoma, 2,000 mm-hmm. cases a year. And it happened to just catch me out. The doctors didn't know how or, you know, what triggered it. Mm-hmm. But it was there. Um, I had two surgeries. The first surgery was to remove the tumor. Mm-hmm. The second surgery was, you know, they removed the tumor, sent it to the pathologist. And if it came back benign, then I was good. If it came back malignant, I would have to have another surgery. It came back malignant. I had to have a second surgery. They brought in a neurologist. They had to, um, they had to cut into the base of my skull because it's cancer my, I spread. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I was under anesthesia for like eight and a half hours. Like I see no no evidence of that. You wouldn't have saw evidence when I was, when I was going through it. Really? Kept my head up, stayed positive. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, just on that journey of radiation and wanting to transition to eat better. Uh-huh. I couldn't find anything to support my new diet. Really? Nothing at all. I mean, Subway, but I I wouldn't consume any meat. Uh-huh. So you're vegan? No, I'm not vegan because that lifestyle is a little too real for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, ne- I I love a nice pair of leather loafers. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Vegans, they, they not wearing leather, fur, none of that, you know? I, like, I love a nice pair of shoes. <laughs> so I'm going to wear them. So that scratched me right off the vegan list. <laughs> so, so you, so how do you fall into the salad game? Yeah, so it was the cancer situation, you know, and seeing that it was an option. 
like seeing that it was a wide open lane and other people wanted to eat healthy but had no mm-hmm. no options. Right. So it still didn't hit me right there. Like I started buying the naked brand drinks mm-hmm. and I started studying the ingredients and looking up the benefits of the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me like on the juice wave. Okay. So that's what started me really. It was the juicing and the, you know, the smoothies and the juices. And so it made you feel better? Like how did you feel? Definitely lighter, uh, more vibrant, really? had more energy, mm-hmm. um, more alert. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So my daughter, mom's, Pakisha Streeter, she lives in Alabama. She was making salads and selling them to her community. And as soon as I saw the picture of the salad, the light bulb in my head went on. Mm-hmm. And I hit her up. I was like, yo, that's brilliant. You should call that the Salad Palace. The name came to me just like that. <laughs> so it was actually her. So you so you I was giving somebody juicer. else an idea that really becomes your idea at some point. I gave it to her, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I um, you know, I went back to her page probably a year later to see what she did. And while I'm still going through my radiation and studying and looking for, you know, what I'm going to do for the next chapter of my life, mm-hmm. you know, and she didn't make a move with it. And I heard a voice says that was for you. Oh, and the time. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. That's a lot powerful. of divine inspiration. Yeah. I'm all about that. Definitely. So okay. It, yeah. So. It was her really that, you know. I seen the salads. I was more on the juice side. Mm-hmm. And then I was, you know, I got a little bit of culinary arts under my background. So I, I Googled up a couple of salads. Let me see what some gourmet salads look like. And I just started studying how to make them. Uh-huh. And I realized that there is no right way or wrong way to make a salad. <laughs> <laughs> so once I realized that, I was like, let me, let me add on some of my flavors. And I started putting stuff together. And when you get 70-year-old women that have been around the world tell you, Oh, this is the best salad I've ever had. Mm-hmm. It was a good salad. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, you can't tell me nothing after that. Mm-hmm. When, when so, I'm how here. do you get the business part? Because you know, you go from it's one thing to make a salad and everybody digs it. It's another thing to like let me go make an LLC and really get this thing going. Yeah, I was studying during my um my radiation because I couldn't work. I had to do radiation five mm-hmm. days a week. Wow, that's yeah. a heavy schedule for six weeks. So outside of that. I was studying, you know, how to set up an LLC, mm-hmm. you know, tax ID number. I learned all that on my own. Mm-hmm. Filled the paperwork out, went up to Hartford, just checking, just seeing, and it went through. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, wow. I just started a business on paper. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, have the, um, I have the LLC, but I didn't make a move with it. Okay. And um, I moved in with my mom. And Joyce Pittman. Yeah. Hey, Miss Pittman. What's up, Ma? <laughs> um, I had moved in with my mom and a friend came by. She mm-hmm. was I was on the porch and a friend was riding by Tanisha Hill mm-hmm. and I flagged her down. What's up? What's up? How you been? I ain't <laughs> see you in a minute. What's up? What's going on? And she was like, I'm about to go get this money. And I'm looking at her like, huh? Like, what you mean? I want to know more. And she took me to the trunk of her car, opened up the trunk of her car, had probably like 60 little bowls of fruit. Uh-huh. You know, strawberries, watermelon, mango, all of these different fruits in a bowl. And I and our voice hit me again. And it says, that's the salad palace. I was like, oh, shoot. I said, what's up? I got like $60. Let me get in with you. I said, I'll go buy some fruit. I'll cut it up. 
I put it in the bowls. You take the bowls out and sell them. Wow. And she said, let's do it. And she was going down to uh, Bowen Field. They was having, um, I'm not sure if it was football games or something. They was having something down at the field. And she would go down there every day and bring back the money at night. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, these are fruit bowls. But it's the salad palace, so we got to put some salads in there. Mm -hmm. And I found three salads, and I tried it, and they all sold. Wow. From there... I just started promoting it from my mother's house. I was making the salads and making deliveries right out of my mom's oh, house. Oh, really? That's how you started? That's how I started. Oh, man. I was started. So now you're you're in Hamden. You're on, what, Putnam Avenue? 23 Putnam Avenue 20, on the corner of Putnam Avenue. And it's a lovely and space. It's a great space. Thank you. Thank so you. When, how long have you been there? Uh, six months now. Six months. And how's that going? It's going pretty good. I'm learning, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it scars you because it's like, I could never go back to looking at things like how I used to see them before I got into the business. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Getting into like the what? Business. Oh, man, just. Because now you're working for yourself. Exactly. You're, That's and, the biggest you benefit. you fall and fail on your own sweat, right? Yeah. Sort of. But I've been doing that through life. Mm-hmm. You know, all of my decisions, good or bad, you know, I got to <laughs> learn from them. It all fall on me. Why not try it? So I got in it, and it's like, you know, the, just the people. Mm-hmm. that you meet yeah you meet them you know the kind over here that they're actually valuable too mm-hmm. because they teach you a lesson on a whole nother level but the good energy people that i meet uh-huh. you know just the entrepreneurs with that positive mind state just you know stick through it so know. now are people surprised when they see you because you're six six you know you're 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 more athlete than you are anything else, right? You look like an athlete. <laughs> like people see you, and I'm sure people think he must be a pro baller or something. Oh yeah, you know all the time. The stereotype must be on my forehead. Yes. <laughs> all tall black men play basketball. All tall black men play basketball. I like to fight though, martial arts. So is that what you do? That's what I do. Even at six six, it's a beauty. Really, I mean, I know Jim Kelly was like that too, but Kareem Abdul like, Jabbar. Yeah, Kareem Abdul Jabbar and all those guys were mm-hmm. tall like that. So all right, so. So you're in this salad game, and you've got this store. What are the plans? Like, what do you do next? Expand. Expand? Expand. Is that a natural thought process? Yeah, that was from the beginning. Really? Yeah, looking at Tariq Fareed. um, He's the um, owner, founder of Edible Arrangements Mm -hmm. from East Haven, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I've been watching him for the past five years Mm -hmm. and just watching his story and how they started out in East Haven. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Expensive. That's an interesting, but that's an interesting model, which which you could mirror, I guess, in the same fashion. Because who who would have thought that that would be a thing? You know, exactly. edible arrangements. You know, and now they got decorated and delivered. Now they're doing uh, half a billion dollars annually. They got over twelve hundred locations. Wow. Yeah. So now, why did you choose Hamden and not New Haven or West Haven or? What was it well, about I was just, You know, my friends, I watched my friends open up businesses in New Haven. And I just didn't want to, like, leaving that my old lifestyle. It's not fully, like, I didn't leave it uh-huh. 100% because of my ties to the people that I know. I got mm-hmm. good people that's still on the other side of life, mm-hmm. you know. But I just wanted to be in a different environment, a different feel. Okay. You know? Okay. All right. And I thought Hamden or Milford mm-hmm. would be the best fit. Mm-hmm. And then I found a location in Hamden that I was scheming on for the last two years. 
Really? And that location is the Salad That's a good Palace. location because there's a lot of little charming little restaurant. Co- like the coffee shop is across the street mm-hmm. and around the corner there's a little bakery thing. and Soup girl. Yeah. Yep. So that's a nice little area right there. And good walking traffic. Definitely. People are walking in that. A lot of health conscious people too. Yeah. So it helps. Yeah. So now, so you're, so you're in this salad game and how hard was it to decide what you were going to offer? Cause that's, you know, salads are a wide open kind of field. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't make every salad. Can you? I don't know. Yeah. I could do what I want to (laughs) do. That's the beauty of owning my own. Like I can do what I want to do. The best feeling about it all is you know, just recognizing my intellectual properties, knowing mm-hmm. that this came from my mind mm-hmm. and people embrace it mm-hmm. and it actually helps. them. So talk about what, talk about the challenges of doing this, right? Cause I, I'm sure there must've been some challenges mm. and, and whatever they are, talk about how you pressed on, because I'm sure there were moments when you were like, you know what, this is not going to happen or I'm tired of this or it's not working for me or I'm not hitting the right, because people get discouraged oh big time big time i get them thoughts that come in my head and be like man f this man (laughs) you know like just let it go just get out of here just get away from connecticut Mm -hmm. you know but i look at what i did do Mm -hmm. from just taking a chance Mm -hmm. and i know that is inspirational especially for the people that watch me grow up, the people Mm -hmm. that know me from Mm -hmm. New Haven Mm -hmm. to see that I came from that and now I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that keep me going. You know, I let, I read a lot of books, a lot of books that tell me that it's going to be rough. It's going to get rough, Mm -hmm. but you got to push through it. Mm -hmm. And I'm always reminded about that every time I want to give up. Okay. You know, I look at my babies and how many kids do you have? I have three. Oh, how old? How old are you? Uh, 22, go, going on oh, 22. <laughs> February 2nd, my daughter will be 22. Lord. Uh, my son is 13. He'll be 14 this year. Okay. And my little baby will be three this year. Ooh, so that's a that's a range. <laughs> yeah, that's a range. That's but a, they help me keep going forward, too, just you know, knowing that my daughter saw me go through incarceration and all. Mm-hmm. So you, know, even you my son. incarcerated? Yes. For what? Gun charges and drug charges. Just how long? How long decision. did you uh, serve? Um, five year bid, and then eight year. I mean, I'm um, three year, so okay. eight altogether. Eight altogether. Mm-hmm. So, what did you learn from that time? Something had to turn you around. What was your, what was your, uh, your, uh, your turnaround moment? Oh man! From the time I learned, because you, you must know, have been young. Were you young? Yeah, pretty much um, 21 Yeah, when I first went in. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't learn nothing around that time. Okay. You know, I was just, I was in it. Mm-hmm. The second time, it felt like um, I was saved mm-hmm. because of where I saw my life going in the streets. Mm-hmm. And I walked around Gulf Street Park one night about 4.30 in the morning, and I was just crying my head off. And I was just like, God, you got to get me out of here. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to kill somebody or they're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. And I got a six-month-old, and I don't want to leave him out here like this. Okay. And two weeks later, I got locked up. Oh. So, and then the time that I was looking at, the time that I was looking at, I would still be locked up right now. Wow. Yeah, I would be coming home at 45, and my son would be 15 years old, and that broke my spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, 
oh, this is real. So I, you know, when I got incarcerated, I just started studying. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought books. I started looking for God. Mm-hmm. I found myself. Mm-hmm. That's a very, that's a pretty powerful message because you know we we have a huge incarceration rate right now, Definitely. and brothers are in and out. It's like a revolving door, right? Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters. And so oftentimes, like I didn't know that part of your story, right? So I didn't know. Um, but I find that quite empowering because oftentimes uh, when folks come out, they don't know how to, they don't know that they have the power to sort of do what you're doing. Not necessarily what you're doing, but to change their lives for the better. Mine started inside. Inside. Yeah. It was the books that I read. Really? Yeah. I went and, you know, a lot of people that I knew from the streets when I was in there, I wouldn't communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Like I stuck to what I was doing. They paid you in jail to sweep floors, to work in the kitchen, and to go to school. Mm-hmm. I chose to go to school. Okay. So I, you know, that's what I did with my time. Mm-hmm. So when you get out, do you still feel on that path of learning and bettering yourself? Like, what happens when you get out? I mean, does the old life sort of pull you back in? Do you feel that pressure? Depending on what you did with your time inside, Mm -hmm. you can get out after whatever time you did inside and start trying to make up for the time you lost. Mm -hmm. So a lot of brothers get looped up in that. And then it's the environment. Mm -hmm. It's like you go in, you know, and then they release you right back to where you came from Mm -hmm. around the same influences. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the revolving door, too, with the court systems, the way they got it set up. They will throw you in just to start the revolving door. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Well, you know, when I was in federal prison and spent some time, um, I was struck by um, the folk, the women that were that I was serving time with and their stories about where they came from. Right. And just the mess of things like there was no saving graces for these women. Right. They just sort of found themselves in these environments, like supporting boyfriends or whatever, caught up in the drug game. Like I wasn't caught up in the drug game, but I was around women who were. And it was just so, you could see that there was no, there was no light at the end of that tunnel. You either in that life or you in that life, right? Yeah. I thought that was pretty powerful. I thought, ooh, you know, these women are going to have a tough time trying to rebuild um, coming from where they came from and not go back to doing what they were doing. You know, it's a, that's a tough thing. Yes. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm impressed that you were able to sort of rise above getting pulled back in because you could have easily. Oh, it's still, you know, the influences are still there, mm-hmm. you know, different things still come. Mm-hmm. It's on me to vibrate higher, you know, to, to acknowledge it, but not let it suck me in. Uh-huh. And that's how I keep going forward. But the influence is always going to be there. So talk about um, starting this business. Uh, how do you network? What do you do? Are you, do you talk to other business people? Um, what do you do? How do you be in those circles? It's amazing. Um, I want to shout out Amber Prophet because she, um, she played a big role in this journey as well. She introduced me to Matt Davis. Matt Davis asked me to come to BNI, Business Network International. I went to BNI. I signed up. I'm a member of it now. They're a barter, barter ne- system. No, not the barter. Oh, okay. 
This is the business network. Oh, okay, the business but network. But they do have a bar that I'm a part of both of them. Okay, okay. But BNI, you know, the business network international has been so great. Uh-huh. You know, I met so many great people, so many different business owners. Mm-hmm. And I can reach out to any one of them for advice, mm-hmm. you know, direction. Like, it's like a little family. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how, that's what helps me to get into circles. You know, I'm a part of um, Hamden Chamber of Commerce. Okay. So, you know, they send out an um, a email weekly mm-hmm. giving you updates on events that they have coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so the BNI, both BNIs and the Hamden Chamber is how I get looped in. And then other people come to the restaurant and ask me. Like I did a um, speaking engagement last night at the um, Hamden Board of Health and that came to me. Mm-hmm. They came to the restaurant and asked me to speak about the restaurant and my story, and I was all for it. Good. Definitely. Good. So now, talk a little bit about what you see um, our health in our communities. Because, you know, we I don't know if black people eat well. I know we know how to eat soul food, but I don't know if we are embracing better diets. Talk a little bit about that, because you have a real connection to your health this is the catalyst for this, your health. Definitely. And now that you're well, you you don't necessarily have to eat. I mean, you know, you could you could have went in a whole different direction. You're like, oh, I'm healed. I'm better. I can go back to whatever I was eating and doing and latest for it. But you didn't. So, no. what do you think? What do you what do you think about that? I had a, I was conversing with two sisters yesterday, and it made me feel so good because they got it. Mm-hmm. So I believe that in the community, we are waking up to better health. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us are still asleep. I'm still around family members that make pork chops. I mean, <laughs> do what you got to do to eat your own. But, you know, I stopped eating pork back in 94, mm-hmm. 95, mm-hmm. you know, just learning about it back then and then mm-hmm. seeing it in the Bible and stuff like that. But um, overall, I believe the community is, is getting on it. You think so? Yeah, definitely. Are you starting to see more people coming to your place for salads, like people of color? And- yes, definitely. Asking about cleanses. Uh, really? One, yeah. One sister was diagnosed with um, breast cancer, mm-hmm. and her whole thing is to eat healthy now. You know, it's a lifestyle. Yes. So we had a dope conversation yesterday, and I was telling her about Moringa and just different supplements that she can take that help boost her immune system because mm-hmm. these ailments can be reversed and it can be prevented. Mm-hmm. And that's just what we need to know. We just need a little bit more education on healthier living. Yes. You know, through fruits, vegetables, and herbs. Mm -hmm. Well, do you find that people are receptive to that message? Some Some of them are. are. (laughs) But it's like, you know, you throw the net out. Yeah. You know, what you catch is what you catch. Uh Uh-huh. Well, get away, you know. So how much more time do you spend um, learning about salads and juicing? and? It's always on my mind. It's always on your mind. Yeah, I'm always... Stay connected to that. Yeah, I mean, that's all it is for me. It's uh-huh. like, you know, I mean, edge of, I can sit in the edge of the woods all day long upstairs <laughs> and just read the different herbs and yes. see what they like. I'm I'm a freak for it like that. Uh-huh. Like when I'm in New York, it's a spot I go to in New York. You find yourself in there, like how women go in the shoe stores and yeah. be in there for two hours, three hours. I can do that with the herbal store. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I could sit in them stores for a long time, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. just reading and just bugging out over some of the different things that I've read about and then I actually see it now. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. 
So, all right. So now you're newly married. Yes. And you got married like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, right? December 23rd. December 23rd. Yes. How's that going? It's going, I mean, it didn't change. We still, we. I mean, we're a little tighter, but uh-huh. we understand the, you know, the objective. Yes. You know, the bottom line is for us to run these businesses. Run these businesses. Yeah. That's good that you have a partner who is on board with that. Definitely. Right. And she seems lovely. Beautiful person. She Inside is beautiful. Out. Yes, she is a beautiful woman. And So now, you. did y'all go honeymoon yet or, or you got a... We was just planning something, but the bigger plans are taking precedence over it. So <laughs> we're not probably going to do nothing personal, probably like towards the middle or end of the year. Mm-hmm. Right now, we just... Just trying to do yeah, your thing. We got to push this salad palace. We uh-huh. got to push a couple of other businesses that we got lined up in the works. Yeah, can you talk about those a little bit? No, maybe. Ah, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet because they say you know. That's right. You got to keep some of this stuff you to yourself to because yourself. you got a lot of people out there that just start praying that it don't work. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Now, how do you deal with that, right? Because people will smile at you and like, oh, you know, Travis, that's nice, and then turn around right behind your back and say, you know, them salads ain't nothing. I know. They do it all the time. Yeah. But hip-hop music helped me a lot growing up. Yeah. You know, and I learned that, you know, they're going to hate you when you got it, and they're going to hate you when you ain't got it. So. Now, that that's this is a good segue because you are a rapper. I'm not going to say you used to be a rapper. Okay. <laughs> You're still a rapper because you still rap. I still write, yes. You still write. You're still putting out music videos and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I... I was over at, uh, you know, I do Ugly Radio on Friday mornings from 8 to 9. And um, DJ Rob Nice was playing some of your music oh. this morning. So oh. so I was like, who is that? And they were like, that's Travis. I said, Travis who? They were like, <laughs> Travis Pittman. I was like, the Salad Palace guy? He's like, yeah, he's a rapper. I was like, no. And it was hot. I was like, oh, wait till I see him today. <laughs> so talk about that life. Because that's a whole different kind of life. Yeah. Um, I started rapping when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. 1984. Really? Yeah. Who'd you nine. dig? Who are you, who are you, when you start, who are you trying to be like? <laughs> um, I think everybody at that age, it was either uh, Run DMC or LL Cool J. Yeah. But in 86... 87 when Rakim came out, uh-huh. I was done. Oh. I was done. I was attracted to him. <laughs> it was a, it had to be a spiritual connection uh-huh. because it's still there. Okay. You know, and I was 11, 12 years old at the time when he came out. I didn't have a clue what he was saying. I didn't know what he was rapping about. I was 11, 12. Uh-huh. But when I turned 20 and, you know, 5% Nation and Nation of Islam and all of that was in our face. Mm-hmm. I saw where Rakim was at and I was like, wow, this is, I've always been connected to him and that helped me to start studying knowledge itself, like looking for knowledge itself and mm-hmm. reading books like Message to the Black, Message to the Black Man oh, by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Have we all read that? I got I it on my shelf in my house. My wife never read it. No? No, so can't say we all read it. Well, okay. But that's the, you know, that's the zone I was in mm-hmm. growing up and then, you know, when Wu-Tang Clan came and, and Smith and Wesson and all of the conscious rapper Nas. Mm-hmm. I saw where I was, where I fit at. Okay. At, in my spirit. Uh-huh. Like my spirit was attached to the Rakim spirit, the Nas spirit, mm-hmm. not so much the Jay Z or Biggie spirit. Yeah. Cause that, because the rap started to change at that point. Yes. Right. It started to take on a much more, 
um, self-involved mindset. And it's about get or be got. Definitely. Whereas Rakim and then was like, let's be about the community. Let's be about this world. It's all let's about be, love. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, so you caught, you got caught in at the right time because the influence could have been a very different kind of. And it was still there. You know, that's what I had to re- resort to when everything else became overbearing. Mm-hmm. Like it was like Rakim and Nas was like big brothers. Okay. You know, I would listen to that music and that music would settle me. Uh-huh. You know, it's other music, Mob Deep. That had me out here in the streets acting like I ain't have good sense. Ah, that's an interesting point. Do you think music has that kind of influence? Oh, it does. So it what does. do you think of this music today? Like when you hear, young, like what do your kids listen to? Do you allow oh, some of this stuff? God. Does some of it just like make you go crazy? Like what do you, are you digging it? What? I just, you know, I my son, my son 13. Uh-huh. Man, this boy was playing uh, a 21 Savage or somebody. I don't know nothing <laughs> about none of that stuff. <laughs> Like, I'm thrown off by the name. Your name is Savage. <laughs> like, I'm not listening to nothing you got to say. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know what, I think that's a generational thing because I'm that Definitely. way too. When I, I talk to my kids and they're they're teenagers, and I'm like, just the name alone or the title ought to give you some pause about what you're about to listen to. That's the system again. Right? Like, and they're like, well, I like to be, nah. I was like, but you're repeating this language that's like war language and harming yes. language. And yes. This is not And they peaceful. don't understand the vibration that that, you know, that language gives out a vibration. Yeah. They don't get it. Yeah. Now, do you, now when you talk like that, do, you, do your kids like, oh, dad, you just old. Old school. <laughs> old school. And then you got to break it down and play some music for them. Like, like, look. When Rakim said this, and this was about this, do you do that? It was them? a Tierra Marie song. She had a, um, a Rakim, Eric B. and Rakim sample in there. But it was new to that generation. Uh-huh. I'm like, yo, this came from 1987. Check out my melody. Yeah, That's where that came from. Yeah. So this is not the original that you hear right now. But they don't have a clue about Rakim and Eric B. So what do you like about music these days? Is there anybody that you like now that speaks to you in any kind of way? Um, no. No? No. So you strictly old school? You just like the old school stuff? I mean, I think pretty much, I think Nas pretty much said everything. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what else is there to, to say? Like, everything that you see happening, you know, from police brutality, it's been going on before. Mm-hmm. So when they pull your coat to it and you start looking into history and digging back, you start seeing that, okay. So it's really nothing new. Right. Right. You just got to be aware of it. But I think he pretty much said everything as far as high vibration, low vibration. You know, you give the good to the good energy to the world and the good energy going to come back to you. You give the bad energy, the bad energy going to come back to you. So talk a little bit about um, your experiences around race. As a businessman, I, I, I don't know what it would be like. I don't know what it's like for you, but. You know, you you are an imposing figure. When you walk into a room, mm. your height comes in, your skin comes in. Um, do you get any of that pushback based on somebody's, I don't know, notion of what they think you might be like or who you are? Well, some, but I think you can spot a person coming from their energy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I tailored this. I practiced this for years. <laughs> to stay vibrant and lively so when i come i could deflect that 
intimidation that you might feel naturally if I just come in with my hoodie on uh-huh. or something like that. So uh-huh. I try to come in and be peaceful and bright and give my spirit off to let everybody know that I come in peace. Yeah. I can't defend myself if I have to, but <laughs> when I, know, come in I come in peace. I don't want to hurt nobody. See, that's a beautiful thing. That's a that's a beautiful thing, right? Definitely. Yeah. So now what's your spiritual practice? What do you do? Um, I'm just into self. Mm-hmm. I look at myself. I'm all about trying to be a better person than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, I study Egyptian spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to go back to the roots of things. Mm-hmm. You know, before a Bible existed, before Quran existed, mm-hmm. it was other things that existed. Mm-hmm. And that's where I try to keep my foundation at. You know, I look at them tombs and them pyramids and I see the color of the people on the wall. Mm-hmm. They yes. look like me. They look right. like you. Uh-huh. You know, so I try to stay there. So if you had to, if you, Travis, if you had to talk to your 18 year old self from your 40, 40 something mm-hmm. self, what would you say? 18-year-old self? What would you tell that 18-year-old Travis? Get your credit right now. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Get your credit right right now. (laughs) Keep the credit right right now because you're going to need it in the long run. Mm -hmm. Everything going to boil down to the credit. To the credit. Yeah. Other than that, you're going to pay out of pocket. You're going to pay out of pocket. Listen, I hear you. That's not bad. (laughs) That's not bad. So now, do you feel like the Travis of today has grown a lot more than, say, Travis of 10 years ago? Big time. Mm-hmm. Travis of 10 years ago couldn't even eat a salad, probably. <laughs> like, you know, Travis of today sells them and yes. eats them. And eats them. Yeah. Now, I, is the salad part of your daily diet? Do you eat a salad every day? Um, not every day. Not every but day. for the most part. Yeah. Like, I'm always in a restaurant, so I'm always juicing and drinking smoothies and Cause it's right there in front of me, so if I make something for somebody, a juice or a smoothie, and there's some left over, you drink, I'm gonna it. drink it definitely. Okay. So I'm always getting that life in my body. So tell me, what did you learn about juicing? Like, cause that's a big thing now. Everybody's trying to cleanse. Everybody's trying to, I don't know, lose weight. Like, like I'm gonna come see you because I need to lose weight. You gonna, you gonna make yeah. me some potions to get me to <laughs> right. Me and Harry, we like we gonna you gonna get us to get us Let's make us do some. It some potions so that we can lose some weight. But what, it, what was the most stunning thing that you um, learned from um, juicing? Cause people have that people have a very spiritual thing about this whole juicing world. Yeah. Um, just on how fast the juice gets into your system, mm-hmm. just the equivalent of having to eat four pounds of leafy green vegetables, as opposed to a two ounce shot of wheatgrass you get the same in it. Really? Yeah. A two ounce shot of wheatgrass is equivalent to four pounds of leafy green vegetables. So I have to always look at, could I sit here and eat four pounds of baby kale? I probably <laughs> never eat it again in my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I just, um, you know, it's just learning how it works. Uh-huh. You know, juicing and, and Smoothie making are two different things. One is a total extraction where it discards the fibers and stuff to the back. And then one is just mixing everything together. Okay. And what do you prefer? Depend. Depend. Like if I don't want to, um, if I don't want to have nothing to eat, uh-huh. I'm going to grab a smoothie. If I don't want to chew on food, uh-huh. I'm going to have a smoothie. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I'll, oh, I'll set I the morning off with a juice. Okay. Yeah, apple, lemon, ginger, or apple, lime, and ginger. Add a little bit of turmeric in it for inflammation, and that's the oh, juice for the shoot. morning. You, you, Harry's the producer today. You hear that, Harry? We got to go get our juice on Come over on there. Now. I'm coming right over there. Come on. Now, now juicing is a big deal because there's a there's a place downtown New Haven that's strictly a juice kind of place now. Yeah. Um, up on Upper Chapel Street, and you know, and but, they they do cleanses and will mix them up for people and that, that kind of thing. Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, that's a it's a great thing. Like my aunt Shirley, she um she had moved to Texas, and she had she has diabetes, type two diabetes, and she wasn't doing good when she moved back. Like she could hardly walk. Uh huh. And we was all staying with my mother. And all I did was live. I surely try this. This is stuff that I'm eating every day. I'm eating it in front of you, whether you want some or not. This is how I eat. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, I surely, here, try this. Here's a shot of wheatgrass. You want a juice? Here, try this. Try this smoothie. I'm going to put this in it. Here, try this. I just made some eggplant parmesan. It has vegan cheese. It's all vegan. Here, try this. And she could hardly walk. She started... She started walking around the house in a circle. Uh-huh. That translated into walking out in the backyard around the, in a circle. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, she was walking up and down the block. Now she's driving. She juice every day. Wow. Yeah, she on her thing. And she's better. Yes. See? That's, pe- that's pretty powerful. Because I think Western medicine is all about just keep giving you pills and... Pills, Conventional medicine pills. is definitely with, uh, they only deal with drugs and surgery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you no, ever been, you're right. you know, growing up, you would be in somebody's house and you're looking at medicine cabinet and you just see mad medication. Yeah. It never clicked on how do you get all of this medication? Yeah. Like, what is it for? Yeah. Then I realized that, you know, from studying it, I learned that you go to the doctor for the headache, but the stuff that they give you for the headache can cause vomiting, can cause vomiting, nausea, and all of these different things. So now you go back because your stomach is hurting. So now you got <laughs> headache medicine and stomach medicine. Right, right. <laughs> it, that's how they pile it up in your medicine cabinet. Oh, so food can be your medicine. Yes, herbs are for the healing of nations. Yes, and that's a you know that's a very Eastern sort of thing. And I think more people are starting to look at the East around those kinds of things. Definitely. You know. Uh, so now what do you do to take good care of yourself these days? Well, I'm back in my martial arts training. So that uh-huh. right there, I'm in love with that. Uh-huh. And just eat healthy, um, you know, reading healthy, mm-hmm. you know, just watching my intake. Now, do you drink? What? Alcohol. Not right now. No. Once in a while, I can have some champagne. Uh-huh. Like, Certain things, when I go through certain things in life, sometimes it triggers certain things. Uh-huh. And I might go on this little spurt mm-hmm. where I'm having a few drinks, where I'm having a few drinks, and then it clicks like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, Then you're like, okay. Yeah. Back to that's, where. I think that's the best thing that I grabbed, being that I can discipline myself mm-hmm. to just say no. Okay. Before I couldn't do that. Okay. Yeah. So who inspires you? Tariq Fareed. Yeah. Yeah. He he's a big inspiration. Um, have you talked to him? Or yes, you... I finally got a chance. Oh, really? To do... I put it out to the universe about four or five years ago. Uh huh. And I met him probably about three months ago. Really? Yeah. What was that like? 
it was amazing to hear him say things. He pulling in a half a billion dollars a year uh-huh. to hear him say things that I'm actually doing. It was just confirmation. Yeah. Like you just stay on that path right there. You can get there one day. Uh-huh. You just got to stay on that path. Wow. Yeah. He said a lot of, he gave me a lot of jewels. Yeah. yeah. So how'd that make you feel? It just, it made me feel like, shut up. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't even tell him. Don't say nothing. That's why I don't want to even say nothing about the other business opportunities. Don't even say nothing. Because that's who I'm chasing. I like that. You know, LeBron may be chasing Michael Jordan. I don't know. That's who I'm chasing. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Do you think that's cool? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. BNI inspires me as well. Everybody mm-hmm. in BNI. I just met so many amazing people. You know, I'm so grateful for them friendships that mm-hmm. I have amazing now do you feel alone at all in this game definitely big time how i'm always alone my, if my wife wasn't there man ah it's crazy like my family didn't even come to my grand opening i feel alone i feel like i feel like people be looking at me like well i you know you read the books and they tell you that you know your family and your friends are the first ones to go i've oh. read all of these books so now seeing it it was painful or stunning or what was it like nah, it makes me just want to prove to them mm-hmm. like you still don't see it i told you about this idea four years ago uh-huh. you just now starting to see it right now where you think i am i'm four more years gone wow that's powerful that's how i look at it that's pretty powerful that's what keeps me in pocket that's exactly what keeps me in pocket wow you know, so when they're not there to support me I just got to do what I got to do. I got to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's a heavy, do you think that's a heavy weight to bear? It is. I got some stuff on my shoulders right now, uh-huh. but I'm carrying it. My yeah. leg's strong. You know, I train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm carrying it right now. <laughs> got to have a strong leg. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, do you think that the experiences that, that you've had in your life has prepared you for this moment? It's possible, but I mean, it's like, how can you prepare for it? Mm-hmm. You know, some of it, it has built me up. My old experiences has made me look at things a certain way. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm overly optimistic, but I just try to stay positive about everything. My thing is, you know, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change and the mm-hmm. courage to change the things that I can that's, and that's the wisdom it. to know the difference. So if I can't do nothing about it, my attitude before this has been F that. Mm-hmm. My attitude right now is still F it. Yeah. I can't do nothing about it. I don't get it out of here. If I could do something about it, there's no room to complain. Mm-hmm. Just get it done. So what's the message and the legacy you want to leave for your children? What do you say to them? What do you want them to get? Given all the experiences that you've had, what what do you want them to? And do you talk about your incarceration oh, yeah. time with them? Definitely. I tell my son everything. I tell my son everything. My daughter knows everything. And then my littlest one, I'm going to tell her everything. Mm-hmm. Because I want them to see that no matter what you go through, you know, all the adversity and stuff, it's brightness in the end. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is stick it out. It's almost like the book, Three Feet from Gold. Uh-huh. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to give up when I got three more feet to go <laughs> just on the strength of that book. <laughs> but some people don't know they're three feet from gold, right? I know. So they quit before they even know that they even have three feet. And then you have the people that quit before they even try. Yeah. At the end of the day, I can't save the world. I know that I'm here to help the world, mm -hmm. but not save them. Mm -hmm. So we're in position right now with the Salad Palace and what we do to help people. Uh-huh. You know, and that's what I want my children to to see because i believe that that's everybody's purpose in life is to help mm -hmm. you just have to find your niche right you know I like that but i want them to understand that you know you can overcome anything uh-huh you know what i'm saying they wrote me off at 16 they wrote wow. me off at 17 that's pretty powerful you know and i'm here right now and i've accomplished things that the people that wrote me off didn't accomplish uh -huh. you know i told my son i went from being incarcerated to owning my own business my daughters, they see it. My son never seen me sell a drug, ever. But he saw me sell T-shirts, smoothies, wheatgrass. He seen me sell CDs, DVDs, and then he turned <laughs> around and see me open up a physical location of something that he, he went with me in the car to make deliveries, and now we have a physical location. Uh -huh. This is what I want him to see. I want to be able to have 100,000 salad palaces, and I can leave it behind. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. Because I think young, I think young people of color need to see that you know what, re regardless of what has happened, you don't have to be that experience over and over. That you can overcome and thrive and become whatever it is you have the mind to to become. And that's where it all started. It's going to start in your mind. It's all about how you see you. Whichever way you see you, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, this has been one of the richest conversations I've had in a long time. And I am so appreciative of you coming on Thanks. after all these false starts, the car accident, <laughs> your wedding, you know, all these things. I'm so glad that you uh, got to come on. So I want you to leave us with um, just some pearls of wisdom, you know, just one or two pearls of wisdom as we go out of here. Keep a positive mental attitude. In order to vibe, life is about vibrations, right? So you have high vibration and you have low vibration. Low vibration, when it pulls you, you stay stuck in a low vibrating realm. Mm -hmm. High vibration. The only way to vibrate higher is to acknowledge the low vibration and don't let it pull you. I like that. Make your health and wellness a priority. I feel like I'm at Travis Pittman University. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I feel like I've just got my spiritual going on right now. So thank you so much, Travis. This is thank really good. Thank you for good. having me. I want you to come back because I want to hear more about, you know, what you're doing. Whenever you want. Thank you so much. I'm around for you. So we're Facebooking live. Let me say hi to people. Yes, I am actually here on the air. So I'll talk to you all soon. So Harry, play me out with some Johnny King, the song that he wrote for his sister, Evelyn Champagne King. It's Friday. It's my jam. Oh, and happy Founders Day to my sorrows of Delta Sigma Theta. Ooh. Oh.